A successful freight brokerage is hard, and trying to find good talent is even harder. But Liz Wayne of Able Transport Solutions is making it look easy. Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I'm your host, Blythe Brimley, and we talk about how your favorite stuff and people get from point A to B. In this episode, we're talking to Liz on how she's growing her freight brokerage business while also balancing the role of being a TIA board member and heading up their Women in Logistics Initiative. TIA's got their upcoming annual conference that's going on really in just the, the next couple of weeks. So it's interesting to see how she's preparing for both seeing people live and in person and connecting with folks again, but then also how she's growing her brokerage business from the internal standpoint of hiring her first employee that isn't necessarily directly tied to revenue, but really focused on training and making sure that all of the new hires and current hires are following sort of the same company guidelines and best practices. You know, all that good stuff that you kind of put off on the back burner and say that you'll get to it eventually and then it never comes. Well, she's actually making it happen. So we get into all of those different talking points in this episode. So let's not wait any further. Let's go ahead and dive on in. move on to our first guest from studying content marketing to studying freight brokerages and what makes them successful. Now's a good time to go ahead and bring on Liz. Now, welcome in Liz. She's president of Able Transport Solutions and TIA board member. Hi, Liz. <laughs> it's very nice to see you again. I feel like it's been months since, since, we, we've, uh, since we've been talked, but this is a good time to, to catch up because you mentioned in your bio that you sort of came into the industry by accident, which is, I think, absolutely how a lot of folks will get into logistics and freight. What was the first moment that you knew that you were going to be a lifer in logistics? Ooh, solid question. Um, probably 10 years in. I definitely... So it, it took 10 years because you... I was going to say you worked at several different roles within the org- within different freight brokerages, right? Yeah, I did. And so I got into it at 18 years old, definitely had never considered it before. So I did go through a period, um, probably about 10 years in where I thought, is this what I want to do? And I kind of went out and looked at other opportunities and, you know, it, it turned out I didn't find anything as fun as exciting. Um, and it was what I was supposed to be doing. So I'd say, at that point, I knew I was a lifer. So when did you decide that you wanted to open up your own company? So you'd worked within the industry for a while. And then what was that moment like that you were like, I, I need to open up and run my own company? 2014. 2014. So yeah, it's been um, eight years, I guess, this month uh, that I went out on my own. And definitely my motivations at that time were different than when I decided to scale and really grow ABLE. So in 2014, my goal was to kind of work from home. I thought it would provide me more flexibility with my young kids and this and that. But you know how logistics is, it's 24-7. So that didn't necessarily happen. And then by 2015, um, we had a lot of interesting opportunities in front of us. And that's kind of when I decided to go ahead and hire a team and work on scale and all of that. Now, as you talk about working on scale, because I, I think that a lot of freight brokerages, they'll say, or a lot of 3PLs will say, oh, well, we're all doing the same thing. We're all providing the same service. How are are you guys at, at Able Transport? How are you guys differentiating yourself from the competitors? Is there a way to differentiate yourself? 
You know, I think there is. And that's kind of one of my favorite things to talk to shippers about, you know, on a sales call, because they seem to think, well, we have a broker in the mix, so we're covered because you guys all do the same thing. And it's like, well, not really. You know, this is a service business. And so Hmm. I'm sure everybody has hired a service business for something in their home or, you know, otherwise. And it's not all the same. Customer service isn't the same. The experience isn't the same. Um, The urgency isn't the same. How they leave you feeling isn't the same. So um, yes, we all probably have a couple of load board subscriptions. And I'd say that's all we have in common. I mean, we're all very different. How are, are so? so there, there's obviously going to be bad actors that are in, in any industry, and 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 really brokerages are are no different. But say I am a freight broker and I'm working at a company where I know there's t- bad leadership. What should I be looking for in a 3PL that makes you want to work? For them, is there a certain kind of training or, or, or a certain kind of messaging that you know a company like yours can sort of put out into the world in order to recruit those better employees? How do how do you go about, I guess, getting that message across um, to potential freight brokers who might be stuck working at a you know a, a bad spot? Yeah, um, training is really important. We actually we just took a dive and had somebody, I was going to say hired somebody, promoted somebody into a full-time training position. They started in that last week, but we're really looking forward to that because it's one of the number one ways a broker can differentiate themselves out here. You know, I think most people want to do well, um, but you need the knowledge, you know, and you can spend a bunch of years cutting your teeth and learning the hard way and failing shippers along the way. Or, you know, you can have a system and a program in place that gets people the valuable information they need, um, you know, to be successful. Because ultimately, you, 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 you don't want rookies on your customer's freight, right? You don't want to go into a shipper and promise them the knowledge and the experience um, that you have, you know, and then simultaneously let somebody cut their teeth on that freight. So that's definitely very important. Um, how do we get that through to candidates and that? You know, I'm going to have to figure that out. I'm uh, definitely looking to, we're moving to Omaha in June and um, looking to grow quite a bit when we have the space. And so, um, you know, it's a competitive job market. So being able to portray that to job candidates and to be able to recruit from other industries is going to be key. You know, there's not that many people searching freight broker positions, but there's a lot of people out here that would be really good at this job. And, and speaking of which, are there skill sets or intangibles or, you know, something that can is trainable for a freight broker that may be coming from another industry? Um, what do you typically look for? Is it just great sales? Is it great customer service? Is it kind of a combination of the two? It kind of is a combination of the two. Overall, you know, urgency goes a really long way in this job um, because, Driver's time is very valuable, you know, as we see. And uh, so, you know, some urgency, um, negotiation skills, of course, are very, very valuable. Uh, Our brokers are like carrier sales reps, so they're selling the loads every day. But I think there's a lot of very transferable skills. Like I relate it, you know, really to like waitressing and bartending and stuff because 
in the life cycle of a load, you know, if you're responsible for however many loads on a given day, they're each at a different point in their life cycle. Some still need sold, you know, some need some cleanup work, some need checked on, um, some need cashed out, they're over. So it's kind of like some people's minds seem to have a really good way of organizing all that information and kind of keeping up on where each different, you know, load or table is in its life cycle. So I think there's a lot of professions out there that can easily transition to freight brokerage if they're given that industry info. I love that, that you brought up waitressing because I feel like that is that helped me early on. It, that Waitressing in my 20s helped me run a business mm-hmm. in my 30s because it is, it is the just gold standard of customer service, upselling, management, just everything. And and you really have to have a, a skill set and you only really learn uh, really by trial by fire, I think for a lot of these different industries. And it's so just, it, it's transferable to, to so many other things, waitressing. So um, shout out to all the waitresses and the former servers out there. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, you, you've got the TIA conference coming up. Um, what can folks expect from this year's? Because I think, you know, folks are starting to get back out into conferences, especially 2022. We saw a little <clears> bit <throat> of it last year. But with this year's conference, what should folks anticipate? What should they be looking forward to? Um, Give us us a scoop. Yeah. Well, I think what we're all most excited about is having a conference. So, (laughs) you know, it will have been three years since the TIA members have all been together at annual conference. Um, So for me, and I know a lot of the people I've talked to, that's really what we're most excited about is just being together again. And is there anything that you're besides, you know, seeing people, are there any, you know, sort of talks like what, what is the sort of like, maybe like general consensus of like the industry topics that you guys are going to be covering? Yeah. So I'm most excited, um, you know, to see the freight coach, the freight coach, Chris Jolly, you know, personally, I'm excited to hear more about, you know, there's, there's a lot of conversation now that I don't think there was 10 or 15 years ago about training and coaching Mm. in this industry. Um, So I can't say that's going to be new to the TIA conference, but it seems that there's going to be a lot of that content this year, um, which will be awesome because, well, as we just talked about, it's really, really necessary and it's really been lacking for a long time. And and you had just to sort of go back to our earlier conversation. You mentioned that you just re you just hired someone in order to handle all of training. Why why did why did you think that that was sort of a missing link for your business? And and what are you hoping to to gain from from focusing more on training? Yeah. So I mean, you know, I've always known it was important, and actually, it was one of my like differentiating factors early on in the business. And then, you know. Scale as you grow, processes break, they need rebuilt and all of that. And so, you know, I mean, we grew well over 100% last year. So we're, we're kind of going through that. And at some point, you know, towards the end of last year, I kind of look up and look around and it's like, well, you know, we want to be the best in this area. We definitely think we're better than most, but are we exactly where we want to be? And, and is it time to make that investment? And in hindsight, I'm kicking myself, like, why didn't I do this sooner? Um But, you know, it's hard because as you scale, you know, you need to bring on more and more of those positions that don't move loads, right? Like in the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, everybody moves loads and you all just get through the day and you do it again (laughs) the next day. And so when you bring on those different kind of non-revenue producing positions, 
um, is, is interesting and it's a big decision to make for a business owner. And I know I will be kicking myself for not having done this years ago because just the value and someone's full-time energy, full-time hours, full-time attention, making everybody better. Oh, I mean, it's going to be awesome. So you're you're revamping the the training within your company. You're looking forward to to you know talking about training and coaching at the TIA conference. But then there's another aspect to the TIA conference as well, and that's the Women in Logistics Initiative. Can you tell us a little bit about why this was started and 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 what are the goals from this initiative? Yeah. So the Women in Logistics Committee at TIA has been a thing for quite some years, at least as long as I've been a member, um, which is like 13 years. So it's nothing new, but we are kind of trying to revamp it um, in a number of ways. So the first thing we did is develop a new mission statement for it. Um, The next thing we did is invite men into the group because we don't think Mm. that this is a challenge we can achieve alone. Um, And now we're kind of at that point where asking these important questions, you know, I've got, I co-chair the committee with Sarah Ruffhorn from Trinity. Well, Trinity is like, who I'm looking up to um, in my in my journey here of recruiting women into logistics because you know they are really right at like a 50-50 mix. They kind of reflect oh, wow. the general population. And I'm ashamed to say my company doesn't and I'm working on it, but I think there's a lot of other member companies. Um, I just think it's time to have the conversation. Are are we doing our part? Um are, are, do we provide female-friendly work environments? Uh, you know, but I, I think that we are missing some women in logistics and I want to talk about it. And I do, you know, I want to do my part to, to find them and recruit them and retain them. And, and I love that you brought that up because now that I'm thinking back on the, the brokerages that I worked at and there were very few women, the, the most women and this was 10 years ago, but the most women that were usually in the company, they were either working in accounting or working in marketing. And, you know, there's usually only one marketer that's, you know, doing 10 other job titles at the same time. Um, but for the brokers themselves, it very much was like an 80-20 split of like male to female ratio. Why don't you think that more women, you know, sort of gravitate towards some of these roles? Because they can lead to leadership positions. The few women that I do know that were brokers back then, they're now leading different agent offices, you know, all around the country. Why do you think though that the initial, I guess, you know, sort of solicitation for women to come work in logistics is, could be improved? Yeah. So I would, you know, totally agree. The women that stick around are good, you know, uh, for the most part, we see that all over the board. And so, you know, I kind of went into it like, oh, they just don't know about the industry and we've got to educate them and we've got to get out there and get it in front of them, you know. And then Charlie Safro, you know, has come on a few times and, and helped us and talked to us. And from her end, being a recruiter for our industry, she's come across a lot of women that want out of the industry or that, hmm. you know, they want to stay in the industry, but they want a different experience at their new employer. And so they've kind of shared some stories with her, um, things that I haven't personally experienced. That's why I was kind of naive to them. But, you know, hearing some of those stories led me down the road of, are we female friendly enough? And I know that there's plenty of brokerages that are. Um, I think there's probably still some that aren't, um, you know. And so I just think that the 
the most important thing we can do to start with is like, talk about it, you know, put it on the table. Let's talk about it. Where do we stand? Do we have some goals around this? Um, and, and just, you know, if, if we are not doing our part, you know, as an industry, maybe awareness will help a little bit. Um, but then also companies that get on the mission with us and, and make this commitment, it should be a good place for, for women to apply and work, you know? What do you, for, for somebody who is, if it's a woman working in another industry, maybe a waitress, or if it's, you know, somebody else, a potential candidate that could be, have those intangible skills in order to move into a freight broker role, what do you Mm. wish they knew about the industry before, before joining? I wish they knew that you don't need experience. I mean, you don't, you know, I didn't know anything about trucking when I came into it. And um, lucky for inexperienced people, there is so much work to be done <laughs> that you will quickly be able to to pick it up and contribute. Yeah, I, I think that that's a great point. Because for, for a lot of folks who just want to jump into the job and not necessarily go through a lot of boring training, you know, training is important, of course, but if you want to jump right into, you know, getting your hands dirty, being a freight broker is exhibit A of, of how you can get that done. All right, Liz, uh, final question. Where can folks follow more of your work? You know, check out the TIA conference, all that good stuff. Yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn, Liz Wayne. Um, I've been slacking lately, but I'm trying to do my LinkedIn thing and and make sure I'm staying in better touch with people. But yeah, otherwise, looking forward to seeing everybody at TIA. Blythe, will you be there? Uh, no, un- unfortunately, I, I oh. my best friend is. I know, I know, I have a you know a, a good excuse, and that is my my best friend. Um, she actually just gave birth, but I wasn't planning on going because her due date was the exact same week as that. So I was trying to you know be a good friend, and now she's had her baby early, and I feel like it's too late to to make that thing happen. But next year for sure, I'll be there. All right, sounds good. All right. Thank you, Liz, so much. Great insight, great perspective. I'll link to your LinkedIn and the show notes, your website, TIA, all that good stuff right in the show notes. Thank you again. And I look forward to hearing all of the insight that you get um, from the conference and then also the Women in Logistics luncheon that that I, you know, a couple colleagues, Kaylee, who is on Freight Waves as well, is going to be there in attendance. So I thank you for, for putting forth that initiative and we'll chat soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was cool to get a, a firsthand perspective of what it's like, you know, as far as not necessarily what it's like working as a, a woman in logistics, but just working in logistics, period. And then just the challenges that arise in trying to get more women to see themselves as an employee working within this industry and how they can move up and how it really is a great career for a lot of folks out there that can eventually become something that is flexible and able to, you know, really work in other sectors of logistics, you know, really starting out, you know, with a trial by fire and getting your feet wet with uh, freight brokerage. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. 
If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts, along with my products and services, in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremley, and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.